everyone, this is the CT Teach Podcast. I am your moderator, Christopher McClung, and I'm proud to share that we are finally back after a brief 2020 COVID hiatus to discuss all things career technical education, beginning with our first episode of the new year, 2021. And in this episode, I am interviewing our new CT Teach team, which includes Melissa Dix, Project Administrator. Hi, everyone. Uh, Grant Ermis, Northern California Program Coordinator. Howdy ho. David Amon, teacher on assignment. Hello. And Kathleen Quiggle, our program support specialist. Hello. So first we wanna say thank you for listening. This podcast was created in partnership with the California Department of Education. And the purpose of this show is to bring forth relevant and in-depth discussions regarding teaching, education, mentoring, and most of all, career technical education. So first we're gonna start with a brief game this game is called Rapid Response, and the way it works is um, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. All you need to do is answer with your rapid response, whatever you think of first. Grant, you'll go first. David, then Melissa, then Kathy. Grant, here's the first question. Ready? Drum roll. Is cereal soup? Why or why not? No, because soup is generally hot. Good question, good answer, all right. David, what's the weirdest smell you've ever smelled? Ooh. <laughs> Formaldehyde in biology. Nice, that sounds gross. Uh, Melissa, is a hot dog a sandwich? Why or why not? Oh, this big life debate. Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. Why? Because I don't put mayonnaise and lettuce and tomato on my hot dog. Good, makes sense. Perfect sense. Kathy, <laughs> if your five-year-old self inhabited your body today, kind of like the movie Big, what is the <laughs> first thing they slash you would do? Oh my gosh. Um, draw a lot. So okay. I'd probably get out my sketchbook. <laughs> Very cool. Good, good answer. Back to Grant. What is something that everyone looks dumb doing? Don't say being on a podcast, Grant. <laughs> no. Well, but so you can't you can't look at the podcast. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sneezing. Good one. Very cool. All right. All right, David. What is something in the sorry, in 30 years, 2051, what will people be nostalgic for? Staying home. <laughs> we hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Now, Melissa, how do you feel about putting pineapple on a pizza? Oh, no. It does not belong. No fruit on pizza. Sorry. Blasphemy. I'm, I'm probably in the minority. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Kathy. When you were a kid, you have all these kid questions. When you were a kid, <laughs> what kids movies scared you and what kids movie made you cry? I would say what scared me was uh, Jaws. Okay. Jaws for sure. <laughs> um, and what movie made me cry? Um, probably every Disney movie. Okay. <laughs> Very good, very good. Yes, Daddy. I would agree with Jaws. Um, <laughs> to this day, anti-dying in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids still stills a little bit of a tear jerker there. So, awesome. Uh, so we're back at Grant. If animals could talk, which one would be the rudest? 
rhinos. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> Great question. Probably because of the horns and just that look on their face. <laughs> I'll just stab you. All right. Uh, so back to David. Toilet paper over or under. He's doing the over sign. Over. And Melissa. End of the toothpaste roll. Over. <laughs> uh, Melissa, in one sentence, how would you summarize the internet? Um, life changing <laughs> for for all of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And Kathy, our last question. Got to put a lot of thought into this. If a mythical creature was real, which one would you invite for dinner, and what would you serve? <laughs> a mythical creature. Um, I would say, I could say Bigfoot. I'd serve him a steak. Very good. That makes sense. He probably eats a lot of steak, just uncooked. Very cool. Awesome. Well, that was our game, Rapid Response. Give yourselves a pat on the back. And so now what we want to do um, is, is we kind of want to get to know you guys, know our team, um, our CT Teach team. Uh, and so first we kind of will, and we'll start with the same order. We'll go Grant, David, Melissa, Kathy. Um, first, let's kind of share, and we'll start with you, Grant, just what is your brief story? Like, how did you get into education, um, especially at least career technical education? What is your brief little story of how you got into where you're, what you're doing today? So hard to be brief with this story. Right? Um, yeah, I actually got involved in high school uh, in ag education and was sucked in through the National FFA organization and got pretty involved there. And uh, one thing led to another. I actually started out as a, an animal science major because I wanted to go that route. Um, but then I realized that that really wasn't my calling. And uh, so went to school to become an ag teacher and taught for 10 years. And after that point, I figured I might want to take the next challenge in my life. So I moved up to get my PhD and then came back into administration. That's the short nuts and bolts version, I guess. Very cool, that's good. What about you, David? Grant is totally right. One thing leads to another. Uh, I come from a line of educators, mom, um, paternal grandmother, knew I wanted to teach before I even hit school. And, but another interest was fashion and clothing. And uh, after college and not getting into teacher college because it was an impacted program, I continued following retail for 23 years and did a lot of training. And training is in itself teaching. Plus I got to work with clothes. It was kind of an added bonus. Years later, uh, a coworker who had left retail for education posted on Facebook about a job opening for a teacher teaching fashion marketing and merchandising and eventually got into that and now continue to teach and taught what I loved and was a career for over 20 years. Very cool. Melissa. All right. Well, take the first part of David's story, and that's a lot like mine. I um, had always wanted to be a teacher. I think my whole childhood, maybe only a year or two where I didn't want to be a teacher. And 
um, you know, got out of high school, started college, you know, then life changed and started a family young and retail was, you know, the, the right fit at the time. So did that for, was in retail for 12 years. But like David said, one of my favorite things was, was training. And I did a lot of that. I trained, you know, all the new managers for our region and, and just really enjoyed that along with like the merchandising and stuff, pieces of it. Um, had a lot of ROP students and workability students intern in my in my stores and really enjoyed connecting and saw an opening in the penny saver for those of you who remember what that was um, for Cryrop hiring a, a retail and, and entrepreneurship teacher back in 2004 and you know the rest is history. Very cool. And what about you, Kathy? Uh, I got into education actually um, through becoming a computer operator for a credit union. Uh, I started out just scanning the checks and entering them. And the, my manager really, really was impressed with me and asked me if I wanted to work for him at night being his computer operator. I said, okay, of course. And that led me to um, applying for a job at the superintendent of schools. San Bernardino County Superintendent of Schools as a computer operator. Just so happens they had a position opened and I applied for that and uh, worked there for 11 years as a computer operator in their IT department. And um, and then ultimately came to CryRop. So I haven't been a teacher, but I have been supporting teachers in one way or another for a long time. Awesome. And we're, we're glad you're doing that. And then my story, those of you who know me, is, is fairly crazy. I was the kid who was D's and F's all through high school, graduated almost a year later at the Redlands Adult School, um, but got into graphic design and all that kind of stuff and had a knack for it. And then I saw and then ended up working a job at a newspaper, became a, a supervisor there. And then Cryrop, our ROP had an opening for a promotional person. And so because I had graphic design experience and some newspaper experience, I got hired. Um, and then one of our program managers um, back in the day, his name's Joe, he had an opening for a web design slash um, game design teacher. And so told him I was interested, applied, got the job. And then next thing you know, I was, I was in CT just like the rest of us. Last person who thought would, would, would be a teacher um, now I can't imagine doing anything, but so very cool. So all of us, um, we've all been teachers and Kathy, you've supported teachers and, um, and kind of what the, the, the goal of, of CTE teach is to develop mentor programs across the state for career technical education teachers. So, and you guys feel free to jump in wherever, um, in your opinion, the next question I have is in your opinion, how important do you think it is um, to have a mentor, especially as a new teacher? Critical, life-saving, uh, 100% necessary. I know, I think for my first year, I didn't realize how isolation or how much isolation there was. There was just me in my classroom and with high school students. So to have other adults to bounce ideas off of and just be able to partner with someone and learn from someone and someone who's been through the trenches can explain some of the ways to go, it was invaluable. And I'm still in constant contact with my mentors. Well, I would echo that, that it's huge to have that connection because you don't realize in education um, just being predisposed as a student, right? You come into it, you think everybody's always together doing stuff because that's your experience in class. 
And that's not the case on the flip side. So um, having a mentor is huge just to have that connection. And I kind of look at it from a little bit of a different lens since I went to school to be a teacher. Um, it's unique in CTE and that's not, it is the traditional route, but not for CTE per se. And so the nice piece for me was that that mentor allowed me to practice my craft with them observing, and then we could bounce ideas back and forth. And, you know, that old saying that you master something best when you teach it, um, mm -hmm. me being able to teach my mentor about what I was doing and how I learned to do it allowed me to become a better teacher and then integrating some of their their ideas and their experience into what I was doing was, um, it's critical. We know that just out of the nature of the work we do, but um, it's it's big in that moment, especially to keep somebody in the profession long-term. Yeah. And Melissa, did you, did you like have a teacher your first, a teacher, did you have a mentor your first year? And what was that relationship like? Um, so, so back then, back in 2004, um, we didn't have a formal program. We didn't have TIP yet, um, our teacher induction program that we have at Cryerop. Um, so we had, it was mostly we relied on our program managers. And I was very fortunate at the time that my program manager who hired me had been in my shoes. Literally, she had been on my campus teaching from my classroom the same subject that I did. So I, I got very lucky, um, but also fortunate that she was, you know, a true teacher at heart, um, no matter what, like us, you know, she was in industry and, you know, then she moved into, you know, through teaching and administration, she was still a teacher at heart. So she was just a great role model for, um, you know, just, you know, just being able to display all the good characteristics of a teacher, especially the heart and the grace and um, the empathy and things that we need to display. And, and she, you know, demonstrated that to me as well as my mentor and administrator and, um, was very grateful for that. Um, but that was kind of, you know, again, the luck of the draw, I think, in some respects, because not only did I have that caring administrator, a mentor, but she was able to actually help me with the content matter and things like that, too. Yeah, for sure. And then so Kathy, Kathy and I had an interesting conversation this morning, because when we were discussing this, this question, this topic, she had said, you know, classified staff typically don't have like mentors when they go into a position, they are just kind of thrown like, here's everything you need to keep track of. And here's everything that you need to, to do. Um, and then I thought that was a, an interesting topic, um, which is, I, Kathy, do you think it would be valuable? Um, if a like classified person had somebody that kind of helped them and, um, and it's, it's kind of a different, a, a great world, but also a different world that, that you're in as far as classified support goes, um, what, what is your experience has been in all this? Um, I think it would be very helpful. I, I think, um, especially right now and we're all, um, it was, I was in my position for a month maybe um, when we were all had to go home and, and do our work at home. And that was difficult because I couldn't just stop over to business and say, hey, how do you do this? Or, you know, it was connecting through email and phone. Um, so um, it has been difficult in that way. And I think that everybody just kind of just assumes you know what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, I think it would. And I'd be, if um, in some sort, I'd be willing to be a mentor to somebody else just because of, I know the struggles of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
And what I, what I think is neat, and we're kind of veering off, and what I think is neat about mentoring is, is it's not even just like, here's how you do the job. It's it's here's how you do the job, but also follow up. How are you doing in the job? You know, And hey, if you have any questions about the job at any time, please feel free to call me um, and I'm there to help you. And here's some ideas of how I do things. And I do think as, as a classified person, it would be, it would be invaluable to have that. So speaking of mentors, um, what, what I wanted to do was have us go around and kind of do a mentor shout out. So we do this every, every podcast, which is we really just try to highlight somebody and it doesn't have to necessarily be a teacher mentor. It could be a family member or a former teacher. Was there anybody in your lives that really stood out to you as um, somebody who influenced the path that you're on now? And we'll, again, we'll kind of go around the same, same circle. So we'll start with you, Grant. Was there, who would your mentor shout out go to? I think in terms of the act of teaching in CTE, the one individual that always comes to mind, his name is Steve DeRose. Um, uh, he uh, was the senior ag teacher in a program that I taught in for three years. And he was one of those pillars of society in uh, that community that we taught in, in that um, he was well integrated through faith-based organizations as well as other community organizations. So he knew the community, but he also had uh, a way of integrating you into that culture and teaching you about the history of what it is like teaching in that community. I think that the big thing that he imparted on me was that CTE teaching is so much more than just the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I focused heavily on community engagement and events and outreach uh, with our students and our CTSO and um, also engaging as many students as possible in other CTSO um, events. So that way they had the opportunity just to taste something outside of the normal rigmarole that they're used to and sit and get in a lot of other um, core classes. So uh, he really taught me that and I couldn't thank him enough, talk to him on a regular basis. And even now that he's technically retired, I still touch base with him. Um, in my professional capacity. That's cool. Very cool. David. Mine would be my CTE mentor teacher and now CryRop program manager, Elena Hernandez, who just was there from the start and took me through TIP. Um, and that shared experience and then even for some part being on the same campus or had previously been on the campus that I ended up at. Um, and continues to be an influence that I can bounce things off of and be a resource and be resources for each other as well too. And so have continued to build that working relationship as we've both progressed. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Melissa. You already let me help answer that question in the previous one. Um, so mine would be, um, yeah, the person that hired me and was my first um, administrator and um, was one of my first um, teachers in our credential program as well. So, um, and it's Cindy Prentice. Um, so she worked for CryRoot for years and um, recently she came back into our region and works for San Bernardino County Schools. So I was able to reconnect with her and, um, you know, it's kind of fun because I feel like I've kind of been following in her footsteps. So, you know, if you ask who I want to be when I grow up, it's like, oh, you know, I'm almost there. Um, so it's been really fun to reconnect with her. But um, as I said, she just showed so much grace and empathy and 
um, just patience and she would model. I think that was one of the important things is because I got to see her, you know, lead some professional development or organization. I got to see her as a teacher in a credential program. So I got to see that, you know, she's truly authentic. She was, you know, she is who she is. Um, she believes, you know, in good teaching and, and learning and, and she knows how to demonstrate it. And um, yeah, just, just, a, just a really strong, um, passionate educator that I've been fortunate, again, like I said, to reconnect with recently. For sure. And to just show how connected we all are, if you go back to one of our uh, earlier episodes, CTE Innovations, Cindy is actually on that episode. Um, you guys can see her there. Yes. Kathy, how about you? <laughs> who would be your, your mentor slash shout out? Um, I think um, Deidre. I, I wasn't even thinking about Deidre, but um, thinking about it, I just was text messaging her today. And even though she's somewhere else, but asking her for some tips on CTE Teach and some of the tools that she used. Um, her and, and really Melissa, I know I don't get enough time to talk to Melissa as I'd like to, but as far as uh, just how smart, and I'm not just saying this because she's on this podcast, but, and I have told her that you are one of the smartest people I know and her work ethic are really inspiring. I love working for someone who has a great work ethic and is still willing to smile and help when she can. Um, so I, I think especially those two people in the most recent years has been invaluable to me. For sure. And I agree. So for me, I'm going to add it because I never get to say this. Um, also, it would be it would be Julie Barta for me. Um, for those of you who know her from CT Teach years past, um, she was my direct mentor. She'd come in the in my classroom and check on me and see how I was doing. Um, and she's just been just a wonderful advice, wonderful help. The same thing, always had a smile um, and was always uh, had a great um, personality and just just funny. You really, and those of you who know Julie know just how amazing she is. Um, but also Elena and Melissa, um, because you guys even now have kind of really helped helped us grow and and help been there to, to support us and just absolutely wonderful as well. So good stuff. Yeah, it's kind of clear that, and we all know <laughs> teachers don't retire and mentor teachers don't retire. They're still mentor teachers. That's right. A, a mentor modeling, growing yep. spirit there. That's true. And that's true. And we always say like, well, who mentors the mentor? It's our, it's our amazing admin staff. They, they really do a great job helping us. So, um, so next, so we, so kind of segue into our next thing. So we all feel that CTE is important for all of our students um, from kids to adults. And part of the reason we have this podcast is to kind of spread the message about career technical education um, and just bring awareness about it. So I want to pose to the panel, um, why do you guys think CTE is important? Um, and I want to, and Melissa, maybe you can bring this up as to well, is, is why is CTE important, especially now when we are in this kind of distance learning environment and we're kind of fighting this battle of people saying like, well, is CT even relevant right now because they're not doing hands-on skills and da, 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 da. Um, why is CT important? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Big questions. I know. Um, sorry. So, and then, then you throw in the COVID context. Wow. Um, but I, I think, you know, the COVID context is, is part of why CT is important to begin with is that it provides, you know, students, children, adults, options, you know, it helps them realize possibilities that they maybe didn't know about 
you know, and you talk to any, you know, parent or, or kid, you know, especially at the elementary middle school level, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's always that same, you know, similar list where we think, you know, doctor and nurse without realizing all the allied health careers that are out there. You think teacher, but you don't realize all the support staff and all the different experts that have to, you know, be around to make that teacher be a good teacher and, and things like that. And those are just two examples. So I think it just helps open up those possibilities for students. And, and also the, you know, that connection with making, you know, what they're learning in English, math, science, history relevant. You know, that's one of the things kids always want to know. I still ask myself that question. Why did I need to take trigonometry and algebra and things like that? And because um, those are, you know, my least favorite subjects, but then you realize in your vocation um, where those things come into play. And again, we can start making those connections so much earlier um, if students are in our CTE programs. No, I can definitely attest to CTE um, courses. Uh, being someone who, uh, you know, I've owned a business since 2004 with my husband and finding people who really know, um, that have the knowledge of a career. Um, I don't know how to, how to say it, but I do know a lot of business owners and the one thing I hear most commonly with them is finding employees that know what they're doing and, and have that work ethic. And I, I think that CTE brings not only the knowledge of that, but also the industry because the teachers are, have been in the industry. That's how they qualify to be the, the teacher of that class. And not only do they, they bring the, the skills and the work that's required um, on, the, on the work front, uh, the skills and being timely, being on time, all of that. For sure. That is an awesome answer. Love that. I appreciate that. I mean, just that industry relevance. I think that term relevant is something I would tag on to with Melissa and for students, I know for me in high school, CTE provided relevance for my education because Chris, I would have agreed with you. My, I was lucky to escape high school with uh, over a 2.0. And uh, the only reason I did was because of CTE. So that relevance really tied me in. But as I've matriculated up and become a teacher and an administrator now, one thing that was kind of a mantra in ag education for us was, that we realized in our industry, less than 2% of the nation's workforce is directly involved in production agriculture. Um, but by um, indirect extent, 60% of the nation's workforce is indirectly um, connected to agriculture. And uh, so knowing that as teachers, we would always say that our role is not to bring you into ag, it's to make you or help you be an informed, informed consumer and a productive member of society. And that happens through those soft skills that we teach in CTE and making that relevance give you direction as a student for your future career path, whatever that might look like. And so I think that's the importance of CTE is just making those connections and you know drawing people in. I think Melissa did, did pretty well saying that you can take English and math and you can throw it into any one of the 15 industry sectors in some fashion. And uh, it just helps students see what they can do with their education versus the sit and get and the theoretical application thereof. 
For sure. And one thing I love about educators, um, especially our CTE educators, is how quick we are to adapt and how innovative we can be um, when when needed to be. And so uh, being a being a, a mentor, I've had a chance to see a lot of observations this year and, and our teachers are doing incredible things in the classroom, even though they're virtual. We've had um, one of our junior high teachers uh, who teaches basically like a steam shop. Um, she had all her students make instruments out of whatever they found around the house. And so they played them all together and it was neat. Um, I've had teachers who have had um, kids take photos of like their cars and stuff and wheels. And they talk about how they would change it, even though it's, they're not actually doing it just still like they're taking what they would normally have done in the classroom and now seeing it in their world at home. Like, Oh, you know, here's how this was made or here's how I would have done that. I um, mean, it's just really neat to see. Um, our game design and animation classes are still like the kids have deadlines they have to meet. They're working virtually, which is really neat because that's kind of how the industry is, is a lot of it's done virtually now. Um, and it's just really cool to see our teachers adapting and being innovative in that way. So. Yeah, to your questions, Chris, I think CTE teachers understand and realize that there's not one path out of high school or after high school. It's not For just sure. necessarily four year, it's two year, it's career, it's job like that. And I think so many CTE teachers are not just teachers, but they're teacher mentors to mm -hmm. students as well, too. And that becomes a resource for students after high school. To your point about COVID, I think CTE teachers have been on the forefront of integrating technology and being able to turn on a dime and keep things going in classes that maybe traditional classes we're more challenged to do so. And I think that speaks to the opportunity and the, the sheer importance of CTE. Also, you hear about, well, where did students learn employability skills and soft skills? Like they don't seem to fit in the core classes. If there was no CTE, where would those skills come from? And those become life skills, so much more importantly, out of the classroom as well too. And without it, where are they going to get it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a great point that David made and um, kind of reiterated some of Grant's thing is, um, I taught you know within the marketing sales and service and when, when every year when we go recruit students, um, we would talk about, you know, we're not just a business academy, but we're in the people business because no matter what career you're in, you're going to need to know those soft skills. You're going to need to know how to treat people fairly. You're going to need to know how to come to work on time and resolve disputes with coworkers and customers, no matter who they are, because no matter what business you're in, you're a nurse, you're a welder, you, you have customers and you have people you have to be accountable for and to and um, so I think that, like you said, you know, everybody's always like, who's teaching our kids, you know, financial management and how to apply for a job and, and those types of things. And CTE is where it happens. So regardless of, you know, where it takes you, it, it helps you um, with those soft skills. And it helps you sometimes to also know what you don't want to do and what a better way to find out for free, you know, when you're in high school than to spend, you know, maybe $100,000 in college to realize, oh, I don't like accounting, but now I have this accounting degree. What do I do next kind of thing? So I just love the, the possibilities and just the, the decision-making that we also help students with. I kind of want to tag into where David went in the end there relative to the future and even in relation to COVID. You know, CTE does give you some of those soft skills and that's what we tout on a regular basis. But the reason we do that is to prepare you for the jobs of tomorrow, which mm -hmm. we don't even know 
what's going to be out there in the next five, 10 years. And uh, I would even bring it down to something a little bit more fundamental and that CTE has got to be integral to where we go as a country moving forward because of things like infrastructure and where government is going to help build jobs and what industry is going to do to react to markets and regulations, laws, and um, everything else. So it's the future. It sounds cliche, right? But it's that is the truth. It's where the action happens. It's where the rubber meets mm -hmm. the road. For sure. And that's that's a great segue, Grant, which is kind of my next question for you was like, what do you guys think the future of CTE holds or hope it holds? And um, even now, because I knowing like kind of what where we're at, I know like even some of our classes have discussed like doing drone technology classes and not just piloting drones, but how do you make a drone? And um, we had students, or sorry, our manufacturing students were making 3D printers, not just printing on 3D, but they were making their own 3D printers. And it's neat to see some of this stuff that they're starting to do in the classrooms. And anybody else, like, what do you guys think the future of CTE holds? I think there's a realization that there is, there are gaps in education. And I think there's more opportunity and possibility of business partnering with school, just community and growth of micro internships or modified internships. And I think there's a real upswing and opportunity for us for quite a while right now. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think like the guys have mentioned with, with CT educators being so kind of dynamic and you know, kind of the first to be willing to, you know, change and adapt and, and, you know, find new solutions to problems. That just comes from industry experience and being out there in that, that real world outside of education. And, you know, that combined with the fact that, you know, CTE has to remain relevant for our programs to even exist. You know, that's, there's reasons why we're not teaching, you know, typewriting anymore and things like that, right? right? We have to we have to be preparing the students for the jobs today, but also the jobs tomorrow. So I think there's just some natural components to CTE um, that allow us to be very forward in future thinking that um, it doesn't always happen in some of our, you know, more traditional education programs and, you know, including in the higher education um, platform. So I'm just excited to see what our teachers come up with next and, you know, what our, what our, you know, where our students' interests are that will kind of drive us there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. So my last question for the panel, um, is if you were speaking to a room full of CTE educators, this includes teachers, superintendents, administrators, um, or you're on a podcast with those same listeners, what words of encouragement would you give for them? Yeah, I mean, that's a vast audience, right? That's a network of CTE. Uh, it's not just educators, it's people who support. And the one thing that I've seen CTE teachers continually find success in is actually two things um, making sure that you realize where you can be beneficial and in that second part because things always are going to change so uh, if i boil that down a little bit further as an administrator or a teacher or a superintendent how can you leverage the resources you have available to you to fill a gap and to fill a need because those gaps and those needs are always going to be present and they're always going to be changing to use the word Melissa used earlier. It's dynamic. Education is dynamic. And so is society. So uh, 
if as one of those three teacher administrator superintendent in general you can leverage those things and keep yourself um, in the mix showing how you're filling those gaps then you're always going to be valued good words um remember that you're remember at any level you're in it for the students and the student success and the students development and commit yourself to that and if you don't have a mentor right now if you're a mentor and you don't have a mentor find one um, find your find your purpose again as well too and your opportunity and continue growing and when you continue growing others around you will continue growing as well too um, number one, hang in there <laughs> this yes. last year more than ever. Um, and number two, um, you are making a difference in somebody's life today. Um, tomorrow you will. Um, and then um, something we, we as, as a parent, we've told our kids a lot. And I think I've told some of the extra chatty students in the past um, that listen more than you speak. Um, really, you know, be there for the people that are around you, you know, listen for those cues on how they're doing and what they need. And, and also just remember that, you know, you're a role model and a mentor, whether you know it or not. So people are watching you and, you know, keep that in mind and in, in your actions and behaviors and, and things like that. And um, you're going to impact more people than you ever would have thought possible. I would, um, for encouragement, just there they may not be directly involved with the students in the classroom, but they are helping the teachers change lives. I believe that our teachers truly, truly change the life course for a lot of students. Um, so just to remember, like Melissa said too, to be there, to be there for those teachers, um, to encourage them and because really there's, there's some, a lot of lives being changed in the classroom. For sure, definitely. Um, thank, you, thank, thank you so much team and thank you for listening to the CT Teach podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us as much as we have with you. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter. We are at CTE underscore teach on multiple podcast stations, including our YouTube channel, all at CTE Teach. And we close this month's episode with a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? So thanks for watching. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye. Bye. Everyone, take care. Bye.